Welcome to InsideCatholicPhilly.com, where we explore the Catholic faith as it's experienced in church and in everyday life. I'm your host, Gina Christian, here with our editor, Matt Gambino. And along with our guests, we discuss the Catholic take on everything from sacraments and Sunday Mass to social media and sports, based on CatholicPhilly.com's award-winning news and commentary. Thanks so much for spending a few moments with us at CatholicPhilly.com. I'm your host, Gina Christian. Our editor, Matt Gambino, is on a well-deserved vacation, but he joins us in spirit. While the Catholic Church throughout the world has been deeply wounded in recent years by a series of clerical sexual abuse scandals, and amid all the headlines and heartache, Many in the pews feel powerless, betrayed by church leaders, and frustrated by inaction. While the pain of the clerical abuse victims and of the faithful is profound, and we have a long road ahead in working to heal it. And for that reason, it's vital that we recognize this dark time in our history as, strangely enough, a moment of hope. And the laity, the people in the pews, have a major role to play in renewing this wounded church And to tell us more about that, we have invited Megan Coakley to join us here in the studio. Megan is the director of the Archdiocese of Philadelphia's Office for the New Evangelization, and she's been giving an eye-opening presentation on the role of the laity in a time of crisis. Megan, welcome. Thank you. Always wonderful to have you here. And as I said, Megan, you've been speaking at parishes throughout the area to bring real hope and concrete action points for the renewal of the church. And you've said that one of the first steps is for us to remember that there are actually two dimensions of the church. So what are they and how can keeping them in focus help us move forward? Right. So the church recognizes that there are two identifiable dimensions of the church that exist in a complementary relationship to each other. So there's the Petrine dimension, which we kind of are more familiar with. It's that visible structure of hierarchy and authority in the church. And that's typically named after the first pope, which was St. Peter, which is why we call it Petrine. It's the dimension of the church that most people, when they think of the church, that's what they think of. They think of the pope, bishops, priests, deacons, laity, etc. Kind of the management of the church, Exactly, if you will. right. This kind of organization structure. So there's that part of the church which is founded by God. It is God's will for the church to have this kind of structure. At the same time, one of the pieces that gets lost a lot because it's the kind of quieter and more invisible dimension of the church is what the church has always called the Marian dimension. And that's this hidden invisible order of grace and holiness. And it comes from the church's intimate union with God, which started with Mary, the mother of Jesus, which is why we call it the Marian dimension. It was her union with God, her fiat to God's will that allowed Christ to even take his flesh from her, right? And the church is Christ's flesh. And so that's where the church has this, in a sense, more primary and all-encompassing dimension called the Marian dimension, which is related to, but distinct from, the Petrine dimension. Now, I have to be honest, I had never heard of these dimensions when I attended your talk until I heard you speak about them. And I know I wasn't the only person in the room going, wow. 
wow, really? (laughs) (laughs) And then starting to feel like maybe I didn't pay attention in theology class, which was probably the case. But what was also interesting to me was that the order of these dimensions, they exist together, but one kind of takes primacy over the other. Yeah. So we're very accustomed to talking about the primacy of the Pope, right? Because it's true. The Pope has the last word, right? On any kind of controversy or decision that has to be made. And yet, like I said, actually, the church is everything about her comes from her union with Christ, right? She's the bride of Christ. And that is actually seated in the person of Mary. And so there's this, in a sense, quote, the feminine dimension of the church, this receptivity before God, this receiving everything that she is from God himself that actually has a kind of primacy or a priority because it is the purpose for the church's existence is this holiness. And the Catechism of the Catholic Church absolutely affirms this. Paragraph 773 says the Marian dimension has precedence over the Petrine. It's quite amazing. This is in the charter, so to yeah. speak. <laughs> yeah, we're not, we're not making stuff up here. <laughs> no, but that's important to realize is that most Catholics, again, are probably not aware of this yeah. and we're not claiming it. Yeah. Do you think most people are surprised to find out about these dimensions? Like when you've been giving these talks, do you find people saying, oh my goodness, I never knew that? Yeah. And mostly people respond in a way of amazement, but also in that way of like, you've just confirmed something I already knew. And that's that Catholic instinct. And this is the beauty of theology. It's actually there just to articulate what we all know instinctively to be true, right? That holiness is really just openness to God's action. And that's why we're talking about there being power in the Marian dimension, right? Because God's action, well, it's omnipotent, right? So it supersedes all of our kind of human efforts for anything, right? God's power is always better and always works far more efficiently than we do. And so our holiness, this Marian dimension, which is often, as I mentioned, it's very hidden and very quiet, which is part of the reason why we don't know about it is because unlike the world and this kind of activism that's in the world that has very much seeped into the church, that kind of the only thing that matters are things we can prove and measure. In fact, the Marian dimension just defies all of that. And yet it is the more powerful thing. And that's kind of what I'm hoping to help lay people really tap into. And as you used the great word, claim, claim the power that we have as lay people through our holiness, through our openness to the action of God. You know, as you were speaking just now, a few scripture verses came to mind, one of which would be in John in the 15th chapter, apart from me, you can do nothing. And earlier in John's gospel, this is the work to believe in the one mm. whom the Lord has sent. As you said, we're so focused on doing and yeah. and achieving and hitting our numbers and monitoring our analytics. Yeah. But really what God calls us to is relationship. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't have to be about doing, but being. Absolutely. Being and receiving what he wants to do. Just like why it's called the Marian dimension, there's a docility and openness to God acting in a way that we don't expect, generally way better than we could have done. (laughs) Actually, I shouldn't even say generally. It is the case, right? Anytime God wants to act, it's always going to be awesome. And so there's that, there's that way where, and this has just been, I think, a big, in a sense, a disease in the church of this sense that we're orphans, that it's up to us to fix this or to, to fix the problems in my family or fix the problems 
problems in the church. And in fact, God wants to act. He actually wants to be present and move and act. And it's often really the task for us is to surrender to that and make room for him. And again, that's exactly Mary. That's Our Lady. That's why it's called the Marian dimension is to make room for God to act. You think of the wedding feast at Cana, do whatever he tells you, right? In a sense, get out of the way (laughs) and let God do his thing. And the beauty is God, in a sense, waits on us to give him that kind of permission. And so that's why there's this need to call all of us, clergy and lady, because the clergy also participate in the Marian dimension. It's not just the lady, it's the entire church. But lady, particularly, why this teaching is so valuable is so often as lay people, we tend to, because we see that we don't have any formal or official authority decision-making power in the church, we then tend to make that conclusion, well, I'm powerless and I just watch. And that's what I'm hoping that this teaching can really be an antidote for, is to understand that no, in fact, God asks us to play a role, to cooperate, to give our yes, and to kind of, in a sense, draw him in to what's happening. And as you'll hear in this talk that I'm giving, if you were to come in person, you'll hear some stories about how by doing that, by giving our yes to God, he's able to change things and sway people's decisions up to the very upper echelons of the church. What would be an example of living out, a very concrete example of living out that Marian dimension as a lay person? Would it be simply spending more time in prayer or how would we work that out? Yeah, that's definitely the number one thing. And like I said, this is this is where it's in a sense a challenge for us to accept this teaching because prayer is not something you can measure the outcome of. You know, you're not going to see necessarily immediate results and we're all kind of chafing for solutions, right? And so when someone says, well, prayer is your solution, kind of like, oh, well, we all know that. But <laughs> but the fact is, no, in fact, that is the solution. And in fact, one of my premises here is that in fact, the reason why the church is suffering the way she is with so much sin and scandal is that we've stopped praying. In fact, that's the reason for the disease. We are collectively and in many instances no longer in prayer and therefore that union with God has been broken down and it's now weak. So the restoration of that is to restore the branches to the vine, which is only happens through prayer. So yeah, union with God in a consistent prayer life is absolutely central. And in fact, I will say this, and I know it's a challenge to say it, and it's a challenge to accept it. But in fact, the church's renewal and her healing will not happen without a return to prayer. We can do all the policies in the world. The evil will not go until we return to prayer. So that is absolutely the top priority. Now with that, very intentional things we can do as well is just really move into union with Christ through the offering of our sacrifices and our sufferings. That can be a very powerful way to move with the Marian dimension and bring about change in the church, forgiving our shepherds, right? Forgiving the failures, the deep, deep failures that we have seen and offering deliberate acts of forgiveness One of the other big things, too, is that, right, Our Lady was not just receptive and quiet, right? She was out there ministering. And so the other big call here for the Marian dimension is lay apostolate. So this need for lay people as they're in a life of prayer, what's going to inevitably happen when you start praying, here's what's going to happen. God's going to give you a mission. (laughs) And so that's the next task, right? When that mission comes to give your yes. And that mission you can guarantee is going to be awesome. It'll be a little scary, but it's going to be awesome. And it's going to be the way that God God wants to move 
to purge the church of these weeds that we're seeing right now. So it starts with prayer, but a prayer will inevitably move to action. And all of us need to be very prepared to give that yes when God issues the call. And it just follows what we saw worked out in the Blessed Mother's Mm. life. You know, there she was. We don't know when the angel Gabriel visited her, what she was doing. I like to think she was probably doing housework, which is (laughs) something I need her help with. But in the moment of an ordinary day for her, she said yes to God. And it not only changed her life, but changed the course of humanity. Yeah. She just walked with God every step of the way. And that's all God's calling us to do. Here. Absolutely. We walk with him and there just is that, again, that word docility, this kind of openness to the inbreaking of God. And that's actually a hard thing, right? Because that means like not being in control, <laughs> which is hard for all of us. But that's what the Marian dimension is about. And again, when we tap into the Marian dimension, like I said, there is power here. And when we move with the Marian dimension, things change. And that is the hope that I want this teaching to bring to everyone here in our local church. Wonderful. All right, we'll stop there for today. And we're going to let our listeners take that in a bit and hopefully take that in in prayer. But in our next conversation with Megan, we're going to look at how the Holy Spirit speaks through the faithful, even when the leaders aren't listening. And Megan, our listeners can find an updated schedule of your talks on your website, right? right. And that website is phillyevange.org slash events. All right. Megan Coakley, director of the Office for the New Evangelization here at the Archdiocese of Philadelphia. Thanks so much for joining us and for giving us such hope. And we're going to talk with you again very soon. Okay. See you soon. So you've heard our thoughts. What about yours? Reach out to us and let us know. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Catholic Philly or visit us online at catholicphilly.com. Thanks so much to Matt Gambino, the editor of catholicphilly.com. I'm your host, Gina Christian. And until next time, may God bless and keep you. Transforming lives. That's what the Society of St. Vincent de Paul of Philadelphia is all about. Called to service by our Catholic values, we work directly with our neighbors in need to help with the most basic necessities. Our lives are transformed, as are hopefully those we serve. Visit svdp-phila.info to see how you can join with us to help. That's svdp-phila.info. This podcast has been a production of CatholicPhilly.com. Music by Dustin Taylor Phillips. For more information, visit us online at CatholicPhilly.com.